how do you know who won the game of Candyland? Anybody know? How do you know who won the game of Candyland? When you played, how many of you played Candyland with your kids? The kids do not always win, Melody. No, they do not. Did you always win, Isaac? No. We lived harsh realities with our children. True story. If, if I got to, what is it, the, the Candy Castle, thank you, I couldn't remember what. If I got to the Candy Castle first, I got to the Candy Castle first, and I got the M&Ms. Ha, ha, ha. I may share them, but I, I got some, right? Right? So how do you know? Whoever gets there first wins, right? How do you know who wins the football game? Whoever has the most points when the time runs out. How do you know who won the game of kindness? How do you know who won the game of staying in love with God? Is there a winner? All of us. The uh, author, Simon Sinek, has a book called The Infinite Game. He talks about some games are finite. They have rules, and they have uh, agreed-upon time frames, and you end up with winners and losers. But there's another subset of games. There is the infinite game. How do you win the game of marriage? You keep playing it. Happy wife, happy life. You stay married, right? I mean, how do you... How do you win the game of parenting? When they're raised and gone? <laughs> when they are responsible adults. But what would you say? You still worry about them. You're still a parent, right? Always. So there are some that are infinite games. That the purpose of the game is to keep playing. The purpose of the game is to pass on to another generation the same game. To play perhaps in a different way because they learn different skills. Over the last couple of weeks we've been talking about why we love to be UMC here at Christ United Methodist. And we started with do no harm. We talked last week about doing good. This week, I want to talk about how do we stay in love with God? Because staying in love with God is not as easy as it seems. Because sometimes we forget. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. But there are some of our neighbors who make us forget that they were made in the image of God. Right? There are some of, sometimes we are that neighbor, right? Anybody else forget from time to time? The beautiful thing about our heritage is we have tools within our heritage that could help us to stay in love with God. John Wesley, I, I'm going to focus on two different aspects of our history and heritage that can help us. One from our Wesleyan roots, and one 
because as United Methodists, we try to play well with others. And uh, there is a prayer that goes back to around 800 AD that Pope Francis just recently wrote on. And so I want to use those two things. We'll start with John Wesley. He had a rule of discipleship, and I'm going to read it directly because the general rule of discipleship said to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teaching through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So the way he, he the way this has been shown recently is through the Jerusalem cross and uh, or the covenant discipleship cross. We have, I need like a little red pointer. Of course, then if any of you are cats, you'll go crazy. Oh, there we go. Awesome. Thank you, Josiah. So you have these, these acts of discipleship take two different formats. One is public, one is personal or private. Our faith is not just a belly button gazing, it's me and Jesus, me and Jesus, me and Jesus thing. Our faith requires outward expression beyond just our own self. We start with ourself sometimes, and we go to the larger arenas of the public. But some people actually start their faith journey in the public and move to the private. I had a young person who I took on mission who had never gone to church, never been in worship, never read their Bible, never done any of the devotional acts or acts of faith that we talk about, hadn't been baptized. And that was their entry point into the kingdom of God, was going to Iowa to care for people who had been flooded out. And they went because their friend said, it'll be fun. The town we were working in was downstream from a sewage treatment plant. It was not fun. But they got to see that when you work together and when you do the loving your neighbor, even if you don't yet love God, when you love the children of God, those made in the image of God, it blesses the heart of God. These are some of the ways we come to stay in love with God and to have a fully balanced life. It needs to be both public and private. You need to have some times where you connect with God on your own. This last week we asked on our Facebook page, how do you stay in love with God? And we got several answers. I'm going to read a couple of them if my pages will not stick together. Lois said, I know that he's with me every day, especially with Bible study and choir, music, and even quiet times through prayer. So Lois, you have some public things, worship and choir, and private, those quiet times in prayer, right? Phyllis said, spend intentional time with God. Thank you for using that word intentional, because sometimes we think I will have a vibrant Christian life if I just accident into it. But it takes intentionality. Questioning things we don't understand and telling God when we hurt. Not all of faith is sunshine and roses, is it? God already knows when we're hurt or troubled, but loves the conversation with us. 
you might try something new like Bible study, worship time, or just praying more. Thank God for helping us get through the good times as well as the hard times. Just stay close to God. Jill Watson Studer. I'm sorry, I was looking to where she normally sits. So, <laughs> y'all are creatures of heaven. I love it. You're going to switch places next week on me, aren't you? And I'm going to go, Gary, and he's going to be over here. And praying. Feeling he has a part in how things work out. Becky Crab said, spend quiet time with God. Like the day at the beach, spent with him all alone or just the two of us for hours in the woods watching nature, journaling, waking, and walking and finding wildflowers in the spring. Carly Ewing, one of your disciples who has moved away but continues to stay in contact, she said, just being quiet when I go to bed and laying there, listening and praying, calling God my heavenly dad or mom and feeling like a family with God. And Paula Connor said, praying for others. These are some of the ways you all as, as a congregation have pointed out that you stay connected to God, that you stay in love with God. Do you see where those fit on, on this? Some of those are private, some of those are public, right? Wesley said, you need to have works of piety, a pious life, if you would stay on that, thank you. The works of piety, uh, those are things like your acts of devotion. So what are some of those things that you just heard? Prayer, what else? Personal acts of devotion. Being intentional, nurturing. Okay, so those personal acts of devotion would be things like prayer and fasting, quiet time, journaling. Those are some of those ways to stay in love with God. Are there ways that you find that help you stay in love with God personally in those just you and Jesus moments? But Wesley said those acts of piety, works of piety need to also be public so that you're sharing your faith with others. Because according to Proverbs 17, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. And we come and we sing songs and we share our praises because sometimes when you say, God got me through this, somebody else is in the midst of going through it and they're encouraged because they see if you made it, maybe God will help me get through it too. Or they'll say, hey, how did you get through this? Right? How many of y'all have raised teenagers? Yeah. For those of us who are raising teenagers, we need to know. We need to know that we should not follow Mark Twain's advice and when they're 12, put them in an apple barrel close the top and feed them through a hole in the sign, and when they turn 14, seal up the hole. We need to know it'll be okay. Can I get an amen? Acts of worship that are public, that encourage one another, that build up one another. And those acts of worship are singing, praying, Scripture reading and hearing. Right? 
but we also, in order to stay in love with God. What, what, John's, got, what uh, John's letter said, if you love God, you need to love God's children, right? And that love isn't just words, but needs to be find, found in action. Those works of mercy be found in the personal realm through acts of compassion. So think about when you've seen somebody who's hungry and you've fed them. That's an act of compassion. An act of justice would be going to help enact legislation that would say, nobody in America should ever be hungry, and here's what we're going to do about it together. An act of compassion would be taking somebody to a doctor. An act of justice would be helping to make sure that nobody ever has to go bankrupt for medical debt. Number one cause of bankruptcy in America. Medical debt. An act of compassion. Do you see how this works? When we love God, we love God's children. And that love finds action in works of mercy. Both privately. Where Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, right? Do your good works so that God sees them. But there are things that we can do together to help make the world be better so that nobody has to buy somebody food anymore. So that nobody has to help pay off a medical debt. There are things we can do. How does that help you stay in love with God? How does helping somebody else help you stay in love with God? Think about the times that you've been helped. How did that change you? How did that change you? And when you participate in that restoring work, you become the hands and feet of Christ in your world. You make the world better. If we're going to be a kind of people who stay in love with God, it takes work. It takes help. And the reason that we do it isn't just so that we can be better than somebody else. The reason we do it is to get more of heaven in us. And that through us, the kingdom of God affects those around us and influences them. It's that infinite game idea. So that we raise up another generation to do this work that God has called us to. Yesterday, Josiah was part of the Purdue Jazz Festival. And if you got to go, um, we only went for one, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, when, when you do solo and ensemble, right, we, you get like a week and a half later, you get your sheet of what you could have done better, right? And it's like, I don't remember what the heck I did. So by the time I got my 
review sheets from solo and ensemble, I was done. Even if I went to state, I was still done. I would, I would go and I, I didn't pay attention because I couldn't remember what I did. But at the jazz festival yesterday, I don't know whether it was a judge or a professor, but after the kids played, he came up on stage and he gave them immediate feedback. Not only that, but he said, can I borrow somebody's saxophone? And he said, here's how you can do that part. And he played it right there. It was a thing of beauty, right? Why did he do that? He did that because he had a love for jazz, right? And he wanted these young people to, to immerse themselves in the same joy and love. How many of y'all love God? How many of you want the next generation to love God? To immerse themselves in the love of God? We do that by walking with them, by us staying in love with God and inviting them through those public acts of mercy and of devotion to love God with us. For some people, the entry point is going to be through the public acts of worship. They're going to want to sing. They're going to want to hear and be encouraged to self-development. For some people, their entry point is going to be through those public acts of mercy because they want to see the world change for the better. I don't care what door you came in. Right? I don't care what door you came in. I want everybody in the kingdom of God. Pope Francis noted that sometimes we forget. And I said that at the beginning. How many of you are forgetful? Did you remember that you were forgetful? This ancient prayer, if you would go ahead and pull that up, we're going to do this here in just a moment. But this is what Pope, one of the things Pope Francis wrote about this. The Holy Spirit reminds us, reminds us of all that Jesus said. The Holy Spirit is the living memory of the church. And when the Spirit reminds us, the Spirit helps us understand the words of the Lord. Hmm. This prayer, uh, if you've been to Walk to Emmaus, you'll recognize it. But this prayer is from around 800 AD. It is part of the liturgy of the church pulled together for Pentecost Sunday. And, and it's an invitation for us to live into staying in love with God every single day. I want you to pray it with me, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how just praying this might help you stay in love with God. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit. They shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. How many of you 
could use a little bit more fire in your heart. I'm not saying heartburn. I'm saying motivation. Anybody ever had your get up and go, get up and go? You got up and went. It's gone. I lost my give up leap. This is asking God to kindle that in you. Why do we lose that? Why do people you know lose that, lose their give a damn? Why do they lose it? Because they don't think that what they do matters. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. The Confirmation kids are going to be talking about the Holy Spirit today. And we're going to be talking about how God moves through the, the breath of, of our life and is the wind over creation and, and the motivating spirit and the power and the, uh, that get up and go in us. If you ever feel that you need rekindled, come Holy Spirit, come and fill the hearts of your faithful and even me. Kindle in me the fire of your love. Because sometimes it's hard to love God when things aren't going right, and sometimes it's hard to love others when they're not being right, and sometimes it's hard to love yourself when you're not where you feel like you should be. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. This is a way you can stay in love with God. It's a discipline. It's an intentionality, like Phyllis said. Think the world needs to be remade? Send forth your spirit and those people will be created and what? You shall renew the face of the earth. Think of the places where you believe need renewal. Think of all those places. A week and a half ago, I saw the news story of the gentleman who killed the four-year-old I did the funeral for. And I said, God, this doesn't make it right. He got life in prison. Who cares? I want a world where no three or four-year-old is killed or abused or neglected. That's what I want. That's what I want. God by your spirit, send forth your spirit and create people who are working in mental health, create people who are working in social services, create people who are walking alongside parents who are struggling and saying, you're not alone, you don't have to do this alone, and when you get angry, you need to step away. Create those people and renew the face of the earth so that this never happens again. Right? Do you see a place that needs renewed? A place where the world needs remade? God, please help our medical situation so that I don't have to stay on hold for 40 hours and 40 weeks and 40 days and 40 years. Right? Renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructed the hearts of the faithful. Do you ever feel like you don't know what the heck you need to know? 
by the light of the Holy Spirit, instruct the hearts of your faithful and help us to be truly wise. Difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing stuff. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the stuff you know. Applying the knowledge in the right direction. I know people who are very book smart who are idiots. I know Christians who are book smart who don't have a teaspoon of love or the motivation to show the love. Come Holy Spirit. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolation, your comfort. The wisdom is connected to the comfort. The wisdom, being able to use this knowledge in the right way, helps me to be comforted that at the end of all things, all is well, all is well, all manner of things shall be well, as St. Julian said. And we will all be with Christ. Pope Francis said, the Holy Spirit reminds us all that Jesus said. The Holy Spirit is the living memory of the church. So when you forget and need reminded, come Holy Spirit, come and fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise. Never enjoy your consolations. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. My people, this week, I pray... you will have your hearts filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray that you will have your fire of love kindled within you for God, for yourself, and for your neighbors. And pray that the Spirit will be sent forth into you and that you will be recreated and renewed and that through that renewal, you will change your world. And so stay in love with God. And help others do the same. So we sing our closing song. What are the things you can do this week to stay in love with God? Acts of piety, worship, and devotion. Acts of mercy. Acts of justice. We need them all. Take one. Grab hold of it. And live it this week.